Welcome to the Somos Church Podcast. We are so glad you're listening. This is Sergio and Beatrice, and we're the pastors here at Somos Church. We hope you feel encouraged, challenged, and inspired today. We love you. Enjoy the message. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today for church. Um, It was incredible just having this moment. Of course, my kid had to be the one that was, you know, the distracted one, Um, my little Luca. But um, we're so pumped. Who had an incredible Thanksgiving? You ate a lot. You are still full from Thursday. Yes. Okay. A couple of you guys over here. I hope you all had an incredible Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, like just keep keep eating and we'll get healthy next year. Amen. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we have been in this series called In God We Trust. How many of you have been enjoying this series? Some of you, yes. (laughs) Some of you, it has been an incredible series. And today, I'm excited to bring it uh, to completion and close it off. And uh, but next next Sunday, we're starting a brand new series, and you do not want to miss it. But today, we are going to finish it off. And the title of my message today is "Radical Gratitude." Can you say with me, "Radical Gratitude"? Awesome. Well, this past week, we took a little uh, family vacation, uh, the five of us, um, and it was awesome. But to be honest, I was so nervous, okay, about this trip because the last time we traveled with our son, Luca, it was a nightmare, okay? I felt so bad for everybody in the airplane. I was like that mom that was like, oh my God, that's not my child, you know? But he's next to me, so obviously they knew he was mine. Uh, He was just crying, throwing a tantrum. I mean, he was letting everybody know that he was in that plane, and I'm sure people regretted it uh, that they took that plane with my son because he was loud and just, you know, just not, not being a good boy, okay? So leading up to to this trip, I was praying, I was fasting, I was like, Jesus, please give me favor on this flight. Um, and now we added another baby to the mix, okay? So the good thing was like, I told Sergio, hey, you take care of Luca, I'll take care of Gianna, okay? So we made a little deal there. Uh, they sat behind me and he was not, you know, he was crying, throwing attention the whole time, but I was in front and I was like, my husband's got this, you know? Um, and Anyways, it was, it was fun. It was good. Uh, that has nothing to do with my story or the point or anything like that. I just wanted to let you know that, you know, it was, it was good. But on our way back to El Paso, uh, we came back on Thursday and, um, you know, Thanksgiving Day, everything was closed in the airport and, and we knew that we were going to be there for a while. And I think there's two kinds of people in life, okay? The kinds of people that you are at the check gate from the moment you get there, you just want to make sure your flight doesn't leave, you are, you know, on time, you're there, you're prepared. And then there's the kind of people that they're just like, I'm going to go eat, I'm going to wander off, they risk it, you know, like they're running late to the gate. Okay, I'm the more prepared one where my husband is like, we'll get there, we're going to make it, don't you worry, right? So of course we get to the airport and we check our bags in and everything 
and I'm like, okay, let's go straight to the gate. And he's like, Beatrice, we have like two hours. And I'm like, I don't care. I just want to sit there. I just want to know that my flight is not going to leave me because I need to get home at this point, you know, with the trip. The five of us, it was crazy. I just wanted my bed, okay? So he's like, no, like it's Thanksgiving. Everything's closed. Let's go to this other section. There's going to be food there. The kids can run around. And I was so frustrated with my husband, okay, because he told me that this gate, we had to take a train to get to this other gate. I'm like, Sergio, like, we are not going to make it. And he's like, trust me, like, you got to trust me in this. He's like, I'll make sure we're back on time, right? So here we are, the five of us, walking on this, you know, empty airport. Everything's closed. We take a gate. Literally, like, 30 minutes to get to the location that he was so certain there was going to be food and the kids could run around. But on my way there, I have to admit, I had a horrible attitude, okay? I was like, I can't believe you're doing this to us. We're going to miss our flight. You know, I was just like so upset. You're making me walk more and all this stuff, right? And I was, this was Thanksgiving. And that morning, he had just preached about, you know, being thankful for the little things. And I'm like, and I'm trying to be thankful right now, but I can't. Like, it was just a mess, okay? I'm being very vulnerable with you guys, okay? Um, so we're there. We're walking. We get there. And, oh, so annoying. He was right. Food everywhere. You know, like nobody there. The kids could run around. And he's like, are you going to say thank you now? And I was like, no, I'm not going to say thank you until I'm on that plane. Like, no, okay, we're not there yet. So I just, just like the whole time, like, okay, eight, whatever, get back. And we made it, of course. We made it on time. He was right. And um, I didn't say thank you that night till the next day. I was like, I want to thank you <laughs> for, you know, just thinking of our family and all that stuff, you know. So that ended up happening. And uh, that was Thanksgiving for us. But I want to ask you this question. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you could have been grateful for what you have, but you weren't because maybe you didn't feel like you were in a good season of life or maybe that season was hard and painful and in those seasons, it's so hard to be thankful and to have gratitude for what you have. And today I'm going to talk to you on this subject of radical gratitude and I started thinking to myself, aren't we like that with God? God has us on a journey, and we're choosing to follow him, and, and he has good things for us. He has a plan and a future and a hope for us, and, and we are on our way there. But we get to choose what attitude am I going to have on my way there. You know, you're going to prosper. You are going to get married. Some of you single people are just like hating this season of life. You know, and you're just like, when am I going to meet that person? And, you know, you're just waiting for that moment. And, and you get to choose. You're, it's going to happen, but you get to choose how you get there. You're going to see God's provision over your life. Why? Because it's a biblical principle. He tells us that as we put him first, that everything else will be added unto us. You're going to experience God's favor in your life. It's going to happen. But from here to there, we get to choose how we're going to go. On our way there, we can have a good attitude and choose gratitude. Or we can choose to be miserable, compare ourselves to 
everybody, everybody else and, you know, go to sleep at the end of the day and say, oh, I'm not where I want to be. As we get to that season of life that we're praying for, that we're hoping for, we get to choose who is going to lead us. Am I going to lead myself or am I going to allow God to lead me into what he has for me? And I want to inspire you today that as you take steps in your life, that as you walk forward, because we wouldn't be here today if we didn't want to prosper in life. We wouldn't be here in church on a Sunday morning when we could be eating some menudo right now, okay, and chilling at home, if we didn't want to prosper and if we didn't want God to do more in our lives. And today I want to inspire you to go with gratitude in your singleness to say, thank you, God, for this season. I can go get my nails done for three hours and I don't have to worry that I have people waiting, little people waiting for me at home, okay? You can say, God, thank you for my job. It might not be my dream job, but it pays the bills. God, thank you for the clients that I do have in my business. I may not have a hundred of them, but I'm going to be faithful with the five that you have entrusted me with. God, thank you for my kids. They drive me nuts. But thank you, Jesus, that you have entrusted me with kids. Let gratitude be a part of who you are. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. Say with me, all. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say give thanks in the good times. Give thanks when everything's going smoothly. It says give thanks in all circumstances. And that is radical gratitude. In all circumstances, give thanks because that is God's will for you and for me. And today I want to ask you, are you going to be grateful for what's in your hands today? Or are you going to choose to continue to complain and wish and want more? Today is a time for us to have a heart check and say, am I truly being grateful for what I have? Or am I constantly wanting, wishing more? Because there's no way that you and I are going to step into radical gratitude if we don't make a decision to give thanks in all circumstances for all things, for whatever it is that you have right now, we need to make a decision to say thank you, God. And today I want to talk to you about three ways that you can be radically grateful today. So number one, even when I'm not where I want to be, I will be thankful. Come on, say with me. I will be thankful. So even, even if I'm not where I want to be, I will choose gratitude. You know, we're always waiting to have everything in life to begin to have an attitude of gratitude. But what if God wants to teach you in this season of life the importance of having an attitude of gratitude before he unlocks or before he gives you what you are praying for? Some of you are like, man, I, I need this. I want this. God, when is it happening? And, and what if in this season you would put your energy towards, God, thank you for what I have, even if, even when I'm not where I want to be. I will be thankful. 
you know, when we first moved to D.C., the first couple of months, we lived in a friend's basement, and I remember just being a little bit frustrated. I'm like, man, I just can't wait till we have our apartment. But DC was so expensive and, you know, we were like saving up and we had to find jobs and, and it was crazy. And I was like, so, um, I guess you can say not looking forward to living in a basement. You know, I always thought I was going to get married and have my dream home. Like, you know what you see in the movies and you like walk into it and it smells beautiful. And I'll never forget when I stepped into that basement and I was like, okay, there's a bed, there's a restroom and the little door for me to go out and come in. Awesome. No kitchen, you know. And it was in those moments that I truly began to see how God was really working on my heart and saying, hey, are you going to have an attitude of gratitude or are you going to complain and wish and want? And, you know, I think as we began to embrace that place, um, we actually uh, were able to move into an apartment. And it was like, I remember signing the lease for that apartment, and we were so excited and, you know, newlyweds and like, yes, our own space. And it was like a 500-square-foot apartment, a little studio, but we were so happy that we had a, a little kitchen, you know, a little restroom. I mean, it was just like beautiful, right? And then I got pregnant, you know, and everybody started asking me, oh, like, your nursery, what color is it going to be? Like, oh, my goodness, Beatrice, I can imagine you're going to go all out. And in my mind, I'm like, well, there's only one room in my apartment, so um, <laughs> there's no nursery. But I remember being so embarrassed to share that, and I was like, um, well, no, you know, right now we're not going to have a nursery because, you know, and just all the, the excuses. But I, I remember going to bed frustrated, being pregnant, and being like, God, I moved to D.C. to serve you, to help start this church, and I don't even have a nursery for my baby. You know, something that was a blessing in one season now was becoming a burden for me. Something that I was so thankful for. My apartment now was, I want more, God. And why haven't you given me more? And I was so frustrated. And I don't think I would tell Sergio, you know, my frustrations because we were working super hard hard. So we're like, this is what we can afford and this is what we had. But deep down inside, I had a longing and it was there where I, I really began to see God really work in my heart and ask me, Beatrice, are you still going to serve me with all of your heart even when you don't have what you want? Are you still going to show up? Are you still going to have an attitude of gratitude? Are you still going to proclaim my goodness even when something that means a lot to you hasn't happened yet? And it was in that moment that I had to choose gratitude, that I had to choose to be thankful for that little tiny apartment. And I'm telling you, I would wake up in the morning and I would declare, and even though I didn't feel it, I would say, thank you, Jesus, for this apartment. Thank you, Jesus, for this place. Thank you, Jesus, that I have a roof over my head. Thank you, Jesus, that my baby is going to have a place to sleep. And I began to just develop this in me. And before I knew it, the opportunity for us to move into 
a two-bedroom apartment happened. And uh, Sophia at the time was four months, and it was right when we were transitioning her from the bassinet to her room. And it was God's perfect timing. But at the end of the day, what God was trying to teach me was to have an attitude of gratitude. And I want to ask you today, are you having an attitude of gratitude? Philippians 4.11 says, I am not saying this because I am in need. And this is Paul speaking. And he's saying, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. But I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So what is the secret to contentment? It is radical gratitude. How can you press and avoid those longings that you wake up with in the morning or during your day or you see somebody your age and you're like, man, I, I should be there or why them and not me? How do you shut that off in your brain by beginning to thank God, by saying, thank you, Jesus, for what I have? Even if you don't feel it as you declare it, you are speaking gratitude into existence. And I I truly believe that God wants us to be content and to learn to be content in him because in him we have everything that we need as we have him and every single one of us we have God in our lives and as we learn that he's everything that we need and more we are going to be content in life and as we choose gratitude, we're going to begin to see those blessings unlocking in our lives. You know, gratitude always builds deeper relationships between you and other people, between you and God. If you want to grow in a relationship with somebody, you better start having an attitude of gratitude towards that person, you know. Husbands, wives, maybe you're like, there's no spark in my marriage and things weren't like they used to be. Can you start expressing some gratitude to that person? Can you start saying thank you? Honey, for cooking, thank you for changing those diapers. Thank you for washing those dishes. We take everything for granted now, but it is time that we start to notice the little things, that we start to call those out, that we start developing an attitude of gratitude. And as we do that, even in our relationship with God, we are going to feel closer to him. We're going to begin to feel closer to those around us. Why can you choose to be thankful today? Because God is in control. God is in control of your life. God is in control of your circumstances. And as you give and surrender that control that you so desperately want to have, you are going to choose to be thankful. Because only God can turn the bad around and make something good out of it. He can turn around the dumb mistakes that you make. And no matter what happens, God isn't going to stop loving you. And there are many things to be thankful for in any circumstance, even when the circumstance is not the best. So we need to choose radical gratitude. 
because that is what's going to create intimacy between us and God. And I want to challenge you to make gratitude a lifestyle, to not just wait for Thanksgiving or someone to do something super incredible for you. Make it a lifestyle. Live with thank you in your mouth. And I truly believe that as a church, some of you here are applying those principles in your life. And, and you're ready to see God's blessing. And you're like, God, I'm, I'm doing the things. I'm being gratitude. I'm serving. I'm tithing. I'm, I'm doing it all. But God, why am I not seeing you do what I need you to do? And I believe that God is saying, hey, will you trust me? Will you keep trusting me even when you don't know how you're going to pay the bills? Will you trust God? Even in the pain, will you choose to trust God? Even in the suffering, will you choose to trust him? It's easy to be thankful the first month of dating that boo or bae that you've been waiting for and you're posting about it and, whoo, this is awesome. But then when the breakup happens, oh, heck no. You are like cursing that person away, right? It's easy to be thankful when you have the most amazing credit and you see your like 800 score point whatever and you're like oh thank you Jesus but what about the times when that is not your reality what about when you don't have what you're praying for even if you are not where you want to be will you choose an attitude of gratitude even if you are struggling in your marriage. Will you choose to put things aside and say, I'm going to choose to be thankful for the things that he does do, for the things that she does show up for, even if will you choose to be thankful? And I believe that it is in that season of life, in the even if, when you don't see it, that God is going to unlock because he's going to see your heart and he's going to know, man, I can trust her. I can trust him. Even when she didn't have, she was thankful. Even when he didn't have, he was generous. Even when there was nothing more than just me and them, they spent time with me. Even if God is saying, will you choose gratitude? Second way to be radically grateful today, even when I don't feel like it, I will choose to be generous. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. When we are giving in any way, shape, or form, did you know that you are being more like Jesus than in any way that you can be? God is a giver, and he gave us his best. He didn't have to. But he saw you and me, and he said, man, they're going to need me. They're going to need a savior. I need to give them my best. And us being sinners, crazy, selfish people that we are, God said, even when they are being this way, I'm going to show up for them. Generosity looks like this in our lives. Taking someone out for coffee sending an encouraging text, 
taking time off of your busy schedule to love on somebody, waking up early to show up on time, serving, giving, tithing, cooking for your husband, for your wife, even if you know it's a struggle for you, making dinner when you're so tired from work and you're like, oh, I can't do this. Generosity doesn't just look like doing it when it's comfortable. Generosity takes us saying, man, even when I don't feel like it, I'm going to choose to be generous. Even when I don't want to, even when I am hurting, I am going to choose to be generous to those around me. You know, I know a lot of people who think that they are generous. And their whole lives, they live living with this mentality, I'm so generous, I'm so giving. But the moment that it's uncomfortable or out of their way, they choose not to do it. But true radical generosity is a lifestyle. It's an everyday decision. Why do I choose to be generous? Why do I choose to be generous when I have full schedule, kids, two under two, it's crazy. I can just be at home and, you know, focus, and, and, I, and I do. But I choose to be generous because I realize that when I take my eyes off of my own problems and I focus on somebody else, I, I'm the one that's blessed. I'm the one that God does something through me. So when we choose to take the focus off of ourselves and place it on other people, we are going to experience God do incredible things in us and through us. We must choose to live radically grateful lives to begin to experience joy in us. Acts 20.35 says there's more happiness in giving than in receiving. And that's the exact opposite of what the world, culture, society teaches you. Most of the world thinks that there's more happiness in getting. Give me, give me, give me. And the more I get, the happier I'll be. But it's the opposite. Generosity is for you. Let's be a church. Let's be a community. Let's be people that say, you know what? I'm not always going to be thinking, what is in it for me? I'm going to be generous. I'm going to live a generous life. And as I do that, I'm going to step into joy. I'm going to see God's blessings and provision over my life like never before. Because this is a biblical principle. There's more happiness in giving than in receiving. And when we are generous, we are most like God. Number three, three ways to be radically grateful. Number three, give to God what belongs to him. Jesus left his kingdom in heaven and the glory he had there to take on human flesh. He didn't have to come down and do everything that he did to show us generosity. But he did it. Because he loves you and me so much. And some of us, we think that we're not worthy, that we're not worth the love, that, you know, we're not seen or we're unnoticed. And today, God wants you to know that he sees you. He notices you. He knows what you do. He is proud of you. And he would do anything for you. Everything you and I have, it's because God has chosen to give it to us. And radical gratitude is saying, God, I'm going to give you 
what belongs to you. I'm going to give you what belongs to you. Leviticus 27:30 says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. And I love this because it really teaches us, okay, what belongs to God? What is God asking of me? And he's saying, hey, a tithe. Through scripture, God commands us to give him back the first 10% of everything we make, and that's called tithing. And why do we do this? Because we are asking for it. No, we do this because as we learn to be generous in this way, as we trust God with the first of what he gives us, he promises that he will take care of everything else. Malachi 3.10 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there's maybe food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you so great a blessing until there's no more room to receive it. We need to learn to practice the principle of putting God first in our lives. Not last, not in the middle, not in the, just in the highs and the lows. Every single day, let's practice radical gratitude. Let's give God what belongs to him. Let's wake up in the morning and say, God, thank you that I can wake up. Thank you that I have breath. Thank you, Jesus, for a new day. Everything that you and I have is because God has given it to us. And the Bible teaches us to practice the principle of putting God first for three reasons. Number one, for the past. First, you give and you are generous out of gratitude of the past, recognizing that everything you've ever had has been a gift from God. You wouldn't have any of what you have if it wasn't for God's generosity. So why are we generous? Number one, for our past. And as we are generous, we recognize that everything we have is because God gave it to us. Have you ever thought to yourself, how in the world did I get here? How in the world did I pay that bill? How in the world am I not homeless right now? It's because God gave you what you have and the least we can do say, God, thank you. Thank you for this. Second reason why we practice putting God first in our lives, for the present. We live a lifestyle of gratitude to keep our priorities straight in the present. We put God first in all areas that we want him to bless and he says that as we do that, as we seek him first and make him our top priority, that he will take care of all the other needs in our lives. Maybe you're here and you're wondering, man, I'm, I'm lacking here. I'm, I'm, I'm not content here. I, I have this need, this struggle. I'm, I'm working hard, but it's still not enough. And, and maybe that's you in this season. Well, I would ask you, are your priorities straight? Are you giving to God what belongs to God? Are you practicing an attitude of gratitude? Are you being thankful for what's in your hands? Because as you do that, it is a promise from 
from God that you are going to see him take care of everything else in your life. He is going to take care of you. He's going to do it. He is going to do it. It is a promise from him. In some of you, I believe there's someone here today that you have been wondering, God, are you really going to come through? Are you really going to do what you say that you are going to do? God, can I really trust you? Maybe that's you today, and I just want to tell you that God is saying, yes, yes, you can trust me. You've tried everything else in your own strength, and you're still where you were at. You can trust me. And as you choose to trust him, it's not going to be easy. But as you choose to do it, you are going to see his blessings unlocked in your life. Last reason why we give to God what belongs to God and why we put him first is for the future. To demonstrate our trust in God. When we give, when we are generous, we are saying, God, I believe that you are going to take care of me. I believe that as I put you first with my time, with my resources and everything that I do in the morning, in my problems, as I bring you in, God, I believe that you are going to take care of me. And as you begin to practice this lifestyle of gratitude and thanking God for what you have, you're going to feel burdens fall off of your shoulders that you've been carrying for so long. And some of you here are trying to take care of everybody around you. And you're like, and I'm going to make sure that everybody has what they need. And that's awesome. But make sure that you're going to God first and allowing God to be the center of everything that you do. Radical gratitude is going to cost you. It's not going to come easy. It's not easy to live a generous life. It's not just going to cost you financially. It's going to cost you your time, your energy, your effort. But I'd rather pay the price now for the next generation. I want to leave a legacy to my kids and to my future grandkids that has everything to do with generosity. And I'm going to ask Corey to come on up. Gratitude costs intentionality. And I want to ask you today, are you willing to do the hard work today so that your kids can live from your generosity? Sometimes, you know, I, I look at Sophia, and obviously she's six, but that girl is like, I want food. And, I mean, obviously I'm going to give her food, you know. <laughs> I'm thirsty, and there's a water, you know. And sometimes I'm like, I need to make you work for this girl. Like, you, like, she just thinks that she deserves everything in the world, and she's six. And, you know, obviously, like, she does. And, you know, I say no to some things, but a lot of things right now, they're basic needs you know, her bed. <laughs> but I'm like thinking and I'm, I'm praying about this and I'm like, man, like I want my kids to know the power of generosity. 
and I'm challenging myself and I'm teaching her and I, I have these extensive conversations with her about generosity and especially now in our culture and society and, you know, with Generation Z and Alpha Generation and, you know, all these different things. And I'm like, oh, I want her to know the value of things. I want her to know the price that has to be paid. And, you know, I struggle with this because I, I want her to be a generous person and a, a person that lives with an attitude of gratitude. And, and I've been challenged because I'm, as I'm praying about this, God has been challenging me, you know, and, and speaking to me of, is your daughter seeing that in your life? Are you living that out? If that's what you want to teach her, then, then you need to live it out. In the restaurant, with the barista, with your family, with your friends, with the people you do life with. And, and I truly believe that God wants to build a legacy of generosity through every single one of us. That we will be known for being generous people. But it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us time, energy, sacrifice, intentionality. Putting the focus on someone else rather than always on us and what we need and how can we get to what we want. Let's genuinely choose to pay the price of generosity now so that our legacy can be that we were generous people and that our kids can experience that and our grandkids can experience that as well. And I truly believe that you and I are here today because someone was generous towards us. Someone believed in you. Someone gave you a word of encouragement. Someone affirmed you at some point in your life. Someone prayed over you. Someone gave you something. Someone invited you to come. That's generosity at its finest. All of us are here standing on a seed of someone else's generosity that was sown into our lives. And today I want to ask you, what are you sowing? What are you sowing in your life, in the life of your kids, in the next generation? Let's sow into someone else's future today by being generous and living a legacy of generosity. Can you stand with me as we close today? Can you close your eyes for a couple of seconds? <sighs> There's someone or maybe a couple of you in this room. And you grew up maybe not having everything that you wanted in life. Maybe you grew up seeing other people get what you wanted and maybe there just wasn't enough in your home or your parents would talk to you constantly about the financial needs that there were at home and you saw your parents struggling or your family struggling and and you're here and you're listening to generosity and you're like okay this is awesome but like I need to grind it I need to work like I'm not gonna go through that my kids are not gonna go through that and that's awesome not saying not to have work ethic, but I truly believe that God wants to break something 
in that mentality today of wanting and needing to prove that you are going to do better and that you are going to have what you want and that you are going to be the best provider. Because what God wants to build in you is different. What God wants to build in you is trust in him, is a life of following him. Your greatest legacy to the people around you is not what you will have. Your greatest legacy is being able to stand up and say, I serve God. For me and my home will serve the Lord. And as you make that decision today, and as you make a decision to follow God in all of his ways and acknowledge him, you are going to have everything that you need. And as you struggle with this, I need, I need, I want, can you just surrender that today and be reminded that you belong to Jesus, that you have everything that you need in him, that you don't need to prove anything to anyone because God already approves of you and that is enough and God I thank you for every person in this room God Lord I thank you that we have everything that we have in you God God I pray that you would help us Lord to be focused on you and on what you want for our lives, not what we think we need, God, or what we think is going to make us better and make us stand out in society and culture, God. But God, help us to desire you, God, to be an example in our homes of saying, we're going to serve God. We're going to show up to church. We are going to live a generous life. We're going to be generous with our words, with our actions, with our time. God, would you help us to be a community, a church, God, a people that truly lives out generosity, God, not just for the here and now, but for the generations to come, God. Help us to practice radical generosity, God. And I pray right now, God, that you would bring healing, a deep healing, God, in the hearts of those that they grew up hearing, we can't, we don't have, I can't give you, they have, but we don't, that you would heal that in the name of Jesus, God. That you would wipe that away, God. And that your Holy Spirit would come into our hearts, our souls, our minds, and fill us, God. And that as we experience, Lord, contentment and peace and joy, that the need for more and more and more and to prove everybody else around us would fade away, God. Come on, would you just lift your hands right where you're at? God, fill us up with more of you, God. Fill us up with more of you, God. We need more of you, God.
We don't need another car, another house, another pair of shoes, another whatever, God, material thing. We need you, God. And today I pray that you would come and that you would fill us up with more of you, God. And that we would practice radical gratitude knowing that we have everything we need in you. And I just thank you, Lord, for all of this. In your beautiful and mighty and precious name, I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, can you give it up for Jesus in the room today? Be reminded that you have everything that you need. We love you. Please come say hi if it's your first time with us. Uh, we have a gift for you in the lobby. And we'll see you next Sunday. If you enjoyed today's message, please subscribe, like, and share. It helps more than you know. Also, if you'd like to be a part of the Somos Church giving family, you can do so today by going to somoschurch.cc slash give. Thanks so much for joining us. We're praying for you and we hope you have an amazing day.